Hey, what's up, guys? It's your girl, Butter P, and you are listening to Kicking It With Butter. I got my girl, most of y'all know her as Genetics, the amazing poet. I know her as the amazing mother and wife, poet, friend. I mean, she's a beast, musician. Ooh! Uh, <laughs> Janelle, what up? What's up, man? How are you doing? You out in L.A. How's it going out there? It's going well, you know, got a slight, nice little breeze, uh, still bright and sunny. Uh, feels really, really good. There's no humidity in the air. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, man, I can't say that. Florida yeah. is all about humidity right, right. now. <laughs> right. right. I tell people all the time, if they don't live in Florida, do not come visit Florida in the summertime. It is the worst time to come. No, it's damp. Yeah, it's, it's hot, nasty, sweaty, humid, and... You'll never want to live in Florida. Like Yo, I went to Disney to World winter. out there, and, and I left. I went there for like two hours, and I said I can't do it, and I literally left. Yeah, it's the worst. I yeah. I, I don't know how people come and do vacations, and they're like at Disney, and it's like 108 <laughs> degrees outside. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, yo, you're you're getting ready for the PIA tour, right? So yes. How's that coming along? Uh, you know, it's it's been a t- a tough process. Probably just tougher adjusting to. You know, still being a mom and wife while trying to, you know, be creative. Um, and so that's something that's totally, totally different when it comes to uh, like really, really trying to like the space is totally different. It's like you used to be able to just write whenever you felt like you could write. But now you can't write whenever you feel like you can write. You got to write, you know, when you have the opportunity. And then by the time I have the opportunity, I'm tired and I have no creative juices flowing. So it's been a tough process, but um, it's been really, really good as of late. Um, I'm really excited about what the other guys have come up with um, because they're just really, really intimate. I think this is the most intimate uh, it's been when it comes to personal struggles and personal things that we've dealt with. So I really love that about it. I saw some of the visuals that you guys have been releasing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, it definitely looks like you guys are taking this thing to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that's what, how it looks every year, like to try to step it up just you know, f- figure out what we've done well and try to hold tight to that and figure out the ways we can do do better. So it's exciting. I wasn't on the tour last year, but when I saw it last year, I was like, yeah, it's going to be better than that next year. Let's go. <laughs> you know, how long has it been that you've been doing poetry? Well, I haven't done poetry over 20 years, honestly, like like to over 20 years for sure, like dedicated. And it's like little stuff I did before that. But for real, like for real, dedicated to over 20 years. So it seems like in all the years that, you know, I've been following you and I don't even remember when we first met, but it seems like every year there there's been an added success to what you guys are doing, especially, you know, to what what you've contributed to this um, spoken word culture now. Right. There's this new movement of it. Did you ever think that what you're seeing today, did you ever think that it would grow into something like this? Um, sometimes I have to be told what the something like this is because I'm so, <laughs> you know, like I just, um, you know, I, I don't really stay in touch with that. Like I really, I, I intentionally try to kind of back up from it because I just, I just really don't want to get caught up in the me of it all. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm really even in touch with the reach. Sometimes people think I'm joking or, or they're like, you know, you know, I have a conversation with Zeke. He's like, Netics, you know. I'm like, no, I really don't know. They know me out here. Netics, you know. And I was like, no, bro, I really don't. I'm excited. I'm always humbled, especially going to other countries and, and seeing just the, or getting letters from people 
in Ghana when I didn't make it, but Ezekiel went and sending them back and just talking about the impact, man, that, that penetrates my heart like like nothing else because I didn't think, I didn't think like, because even now I'm just like, Lord, like I still sit like and get choked up when I think about who am I that you are mindful of me at all whatsoever, you know, so. That's one thing that I admire about you is that you've remained humble in this whole process. I remember uh, traveling and that was one of my prayers all the time. I was like, God, don't let me, see my influence beyond a certain point you know yeah. because because then yeah it, it if if you're not careful to guard it it can take root into something else and i think that's Most something definitely. i've definitely admired about you over the years like this is something that you this is a huge responsibility and you take this thing serious so talk to me about this because i know we talked about this briefly the other day and um you've always done this but when you're on stage you always go barefoot yeah. Why is that something that you're intentional about? One of the greatest influences to ever grace my life was my grandmother. And I don't know if it's like I was the first grandchild type thing or whatever it was, but I just, I, I, to this day, like, I don't know if I've seen many lives I could parallel with the life that she lived. And it was very evident, very, very, very young, the impact that she had on many people's lives um, and, and how she had the ability to make you know, the most distant pe person feels so near and so loved. And, you know, there was no, to, there was no extent, you know what I'm saying? There was no extent that she wouldn't go to, to make sure I understood the gospel as early as possible. Um, and so my affection for Christ, my affection for the gospel uh, was, came, came through her and things that she showed me along things with, you know, my mom as well. And so her, her voice in my life was always, extremely key. She had a way of just speaking directly to my heart that caused a specific type of response. And it, it was because of the example that she led. And so when she, when, when I was younger, there, I was, there was always like these little things with like talent stuff here and talent stuff there, which is kind of why the hence the name genetics, because my mom was a really gifted dancer um, and singer. And my grandmother, you know, was the same thing. And my great grandfather's a piano tuner. And it's like, it's all these different family members like engulfed in the arts. And so from a very young age, being exposed to different music, it's like, oh, wait, we're going from listening to, um, you know, soul to soul. I mean, some people too young for that. Um, soul, to, <laughs> soul to soul <laughs> to Tito Puente and Celia Cruz. So it's like, okay, what in the world is happening in this house? Um, and so saying all that to say, my grandmother always would watch, you know, when people would applaud, she would watch, she would watch my actions, watch how I was responding, watch what I was doing. And, you know, one day I had danced at church and um, I was just like excited because so many people really liked it. And I was laughing and smiling. I'm like, did you see it, Granny? You know, so she was like, yeah, I saw it. And she's like, but I need you to understand this. And so that's when she broke down to me, the reality that no matter where I go, uh, she said, you may, you may, I don't know, you may grace many stages all over the world. She said, but wherever you go, you need to always understand that you stand in a place that is holy and you are a representative. It's not about you. So every time you step on any platform anywhere and th that means the platform of life remember that you are walking on holy ground and that it does not belong to you and so she's like you know you have to have a reverence for the holiness of god and so i was like wow whoa and so when she spoke that to me it always it always brought me back to the stories that she even acted out you know about 
you know, Moses and what it meant to be in that place. And what was it like when he came upon the burning bush and to see the, the, it being burned, but not consumed. And, you know, it was just this big, you know, whole dramatic presentation that she would do for us. And so, you know, saying all that to say, like she, that always led me to be mindful. And it's like, this one of those things where I just didn't wear shoes anymore. Because if, if anybody notices, like anytime I get ready to, to speak, before I start speaking on stage, I'll look down at my feet and just have that real quick reminder, like, hey, this, this doesn't belong to you. When you come out and you hear people applauding and you hear people saying your name, remember, it's not about you. And you also have a responsibility when they try to call your name and when they say things like, oh, you saved my life, it is your responsibility mm. to say, hey, no, I didn't save your life. That is what Christ has done. But I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here to represent him and that you were able to gain something from what I was able to do by his grace and his grace alone. So not only does it, is it about like stepping on stage and being humble, but it's about making sure you don't glory jack the Lord, <laughs> you know? So, mm, that's so good. I feel like that, that was is, a long answer, but I get really no, passionate when I talk about so her. that's so good. Yeah, that is so good because I think that comes with wisdom, you know, because I think that's something that we can be taught, but not learned, if yeah. that makes any sense, yeah. right? Yeah. And that comes with wisdom too, is the more you're doing it, the more you're you're seeing these stages, the more you're traveling the world. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a great reminder of what you were taught and, and yeah. remember it. Um I love um I've I've gotten to be I've gotten to see you uh a few times, right? And I always wait for you after the show. Yeah. <laughs> like let's go get <laughs> we, we would definitely have beef if you did not wait for me after the show. Oh um, so that would be that would be an issue. <laughs> but you well, I love I, this is something I love about you. Um, you wait, you will, you will greet every person. You will stay there to the last person that is line is in line to greet you. Like you will do it. And that is so taxing. Like, I know what that feels like. What, when everyone else is like, yo, let's go. We hungry. You take that so seriously. And not just that, like you actually will take time and have a conversation with them. You will hear them out. You will allow them to, to kind of share with you, you know, the impact that you're making, and I, I love that you do that. Like, I love that you do that. Sometimes you have conversations with young poets that they're sharing with you about their stories and stuff like that and, and their journeys and how they got there. And I love that you've been able to share your story and, and people are able to relate to it and that you're mm. willing to stay there till it'd be like one o'clock in the morning. And oh, absolutely. Still there. <laughs> absolutely. And my friends are like, Jeanette, this restaurant's closing. This restaurant's <laughs> Uh, I like y'all can go. I'll fast tonight, <laughs> you know. I remember. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I remember me and my girl Elena went, and uh, we were waiting for you afterwards. And me and Elena was like, "All right, she not leaving. Let's just help." And we started serving, and started <laughs> exactly stuff and closing stuff down, and we was getting the line together and taking pictures. And, Man, and we was like, "Let's get this line moving," because you know, let's let's just make sure that the experience they have is is memorable for them. I definitely remember that. And that impacted me, too, because I was like, y'all didn't really have to do that. You know, it was like, y'all are artists. I mean, especially you, I was, I'm saying, is you're an artist. Like, y'all didn't have to, to step in. And I think that, to me, every, every person is valuable. And that's something that my mom has shown me. You know, like, don't, like, I think in, in some situations, I feel like my mom at times was was undervalued. And whether that be in her workspace, because she was really great at what she did, but they also knew that she needed her job, you know? So 
you know, to, to kind of train, train other people because when she started at her job, you know, like there, there wasn't this high demand for degrees. And then being at the company, you know, over 20 years and stuff like that, like you, you start to kind of like see all these people coming in with degrees. And now you're still having to train people to do your job and go above you. Um, but just the, the humility it took to stay committed to that because you knew your kids still needed to eat. So there's a lot I've learned, you know, about that when it comes to valuing people. And again, with my grandmother, we, when we were young, we, we had opportunity to, to feed the homeless every, every, like every other weekend. And there was this thing where I was like, why can't we just give them some, some, some chicken or can't. And so we would be like, we would feed them like jambalaya, sis, like gumbo. Like my grandmother's <laughs> like, you don't give them, you don't give them just some whatever food just because you think that that's what they deserve. No, they deserve to eat what you would want to eat. I'm like, whoa, like she went mm, off. She went I know off. that's like, you, right. Like, you serve them the best. And so like, I remember like uh, my job was like to stamp napkins with, with the shaman, to step the, the Lord our God is one Lord. And, and that's how I learned that scripture. And I should love the Lord that God was all. You know, I learned that scripture from stamping that stamp on napkins. And I watched my grandmother and her sister embrace people who, who did not smell great, who, were, who, who didn't take showers in a really, we could tell in a really long time. And these are people I was stepping back from and she would throw her arms around them and people would start crying because they said, nobody has touched me in years. Mm. No one touched me in years, grandma. And it, she was everybody's grandma, you know? And so when I think about the value of people, it's just, you know, I remember praying when I worked overnight at Walmart, I was studying to be a paramedic and I was working overnight at Walmart and I would, I would drive in the parking lot and cry because I was so tired. I remember stacking like uh, maxi pads on the shelf and just being like, Lord, like, I just, I just, I just want to take my talent and just be able to just use it for your glory. You know, we all watch those, you know, as artists, we watch different television shows and different art awards shows. Like, man, I just want to, I just want to do it for your glory. So to be in this position where people say, oh, I know you're tired. I said, no, like I may be a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I, this ain't tired for me. This is a privilege and an honor to stand here. And this ain't working overnight at Walmart. I'm doing what I want to be passionate about. So to be honest with you, sis, like poetry is cool, but I don't love it as much as it, it being a door for me to talk to people and engage mm. with people and minister to people. I just know that we're living in a time where art draws people. That's what it does. And I recognize it for that. So I feel like I'm mediocre at poetry. And, and is it always that great and enjoyable for me to write poetry? Not as much as it is for music. But I realized that's something that the Lord is using and I'll continue to, you know, engage with that. I do love art. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But I don't love it more than the opportunity I have to engage with people. I love people. That's so good because sometimes we get so caught up in the gift that, mm. you know, we forget what the gift is for. Right. Mm. And you you're constantly keeping that at the forefront to remember, like, it doesn't matter what gift the Lord is using in whatever season like the end goal is to make sure that I'm loving people and I'm allowing Christ to use me through whatever gifting. And that right. is so powerful. And that's something that, you know, we, we always have to remember. Um, you're, you're super creative though. Like you do poetry, you sing, <laughs> um, you have a, a, a dance school, right? Right. Like what was it that, that brought you, what was it that brought you into this creative world or this art world? Uh, that's again, that's why I go by genetics. I, there was, there, I, we were that family where, where your mom would wake you up in the middle of the night and say, show your auntie how you can moonwalk and, you know, or, you know, that type of family, or we were that type of family who actually put on shows, you know, for one another. And we were that family that were made up, you know, 
40 to 50 percent of our church. So when it came to, you know, Christmas or Easter or we had to get creative, we had to be and we were the ones who were putting on those productions and all those type of things. And um, my mom was very adamant about exposing us to, to culture and art. So she, you know, some people may not know what this is, but she took me to see Barishnikov in the Nutcracker very, very, very young. Whenever, um, this is super throwback, whenever KCET would have Alvin Ailey on TV, we, we, it was a thing. We had to sit down and watch that mug and really engage with it. Mm -hmm. Along with the same way that when, when Michael Jackson dropped the video, we all stopped and sat down and engaged with, like, Michael Jackson is dropping a video. Like, we got to see. Every, the video. whole world got to stop. <laughs> The whole world can stop. Um, and then also, you know, when music videos became a real, real, real big deal, like, you know, especially like in the 90s, um, my mom always made us do this thing where, and I hated it. She would like, she would let us watch it and she'd be like, okay, so, you know, what, what is it that we, we as believers, you know, would condone with that? But all of that, man, it's just like, like I said, and my father was a musician as well. So it's just like, I don't, I don't think I could have got away from it. So did you grow up in the church? I did consistently in the church. Like my church was in Compton. I lived in a city called Cerritos, which is um, which is really um, uh, very suburban. <laughs> um, and there weren't a lot of uh, black people in the city at the time. Um, but I would tell people I was I was raised in Compton. Mm. So, I was like, <laughs> so I was like, "Now I'm from Compton." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you were a church so, yeah, kid, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, definitely. Okay. What has that been like? Um, because a lot of times, you know, when I work with young people, most of the time, you know, people are coming to church like they come from a they've everyone's got a story. Right. Um, right. Whether they weren't serving the Lord, they 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 were living a crazy life and then they found the Lord and, you know, gave their lives to the Lord. And now they're living it out. Or you've had people who went to church, you know, uh, left, came back. You know, mm -hmm. what was your what was that journey like growing up, born and raised in church? Because, I mean, you're living this thing out like and you're you are so passionate about the things of the Lord. Like that's very rare to find people who grew up in it and have mm -hmm. such a profound passion for it. I don't think my passion passion for it came from inside the walls. Uh, I think the passion for it came from inside my home. But I but, you know, it's interesting because. I was even at an early age, I was struggling with, you know, I was known as the one who had too many questions. You know, I grew up Kojic. So, you know, and it, it was this thing of like, OK, I understand that what this manual is saying, but I want to know how what this manual is saying uh, coincides with what scripture. I learned like, oh, that's that's definitely God. I don't know if we can call that God. Um, and so one thing that, that my grandmother always says, like, man, like, allow allow really show you but don't talk bad about where you're coming from and so even to this day she said because your steps are ordered by god because god is sovereign so if i truly believe that god ordered my steps and god is, means i am in this place because this is where the lord has me at this specific time so that's where i learned to kind of really gain a passion for loving people and but then it came to the as I got older, there was these there were more and more frustrations. And I did get to that point where I had the frustration and I was just like, man, like I can't I can't continue to do this um, because there's too many inconsistencies here for me. Mm. Um, so I went from that 
to, and, and that was hard because I grew up there. You know, I, I mean, I was, like you said, literally born and raised. My grandfather was a deacon there. My grandmother went there all her life. My mom was born and raised in that church. And then here I was, another generation growing mm -hmm. up in that church. But there were a lot of things that were done that were, were hurtful to people that I observed. Uh, there were a lot of things that were done. I was like, are we sweeping this under the rug? There are a lot of things I couldn't comprehend. Like, hey, like, this guy just came to visit church with me. Why is he being elevated so fast in ministry, but y'all don't even know who he is type thing, but it was because he was a guy. And just all these different things I was, I was wrestling with. Um, so I did step away um, and not necessarily from the church, but it's like, okay, let me just, since I'm an adult now, let me just try this church and let me just, but then even more, I gained an appreciation for my church because I was like, well, at least I was, you know, being taught the word and there wasn't all this extra stuff. But then, you know, I go to the far left and I'm like, wow, so we can't, we can't even have worship service at all because the musician is not here. Yeah. So this, this, all this sorting through, I think all, all of this I'm trying to say is like, man, like I am a person who knows, like I was, I, I have been hurt. And I'm, that's, that's a piece I'm actually doing on, on the PIA. I've been hurt thoroughly by the church, hurt, like broken, <laughs> hurt. Um, even now recently, you know, and, but there's something that is a, is a constant reminder that all really broken people trying to get this thing right. You know, at the end of the day, we are in our wrongdoing, in our filthiness, in our messing up are the ones that are to be getting ourselves ready because we are the ones that Christ. And that humbles me because I know I don't, I know I personally don't do everything right. I know there's somebody I probably should have called and been like, you know what? I apologize for that. I didn't handle that the, the right way. But I think my focus has always been so outward as opposed to inward. My focus has been like, you did this and this hurt me and this hurt me. But I didn't think, I don't think I take as much time to think about, man, did I trample over somebody as I was trying to break free from myself? As I was trying to, you know, get my last few sentences and words in. So I, I, the personal walk with Christ is what really, really kept me rooted in the examples that I had around me is what really kept me rooted. What I saw outside of church really kept me rooted. What I, what I experienced in my home and what I was taught really kept me grounded. And there still was that time frame, you know, after Aaliyah really hit the scene, you know, where I had to kind of just find myself. <laughs> it was like, oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, let me, uh, let me go to the club and, uh, you know what I'm saying? Do both for a while. But, but thankfully, you know, the Lord, Lord drew me early and I just could never be comfortable. Again, my grandmother, one of those people was just like, she would always make us pray this prayer. It's like, Lord, keep me when I don't want to be kept. And I'm just like, I just want to be able to sin with a clear conscience, yo. <laughs> <laughs> just let me just be with this dude tonight, please. He's fine. <laughs> like, let me just be all right for a second. <laughs> please, man. Just get her voice out of my head. Like, <laughs> you know. And the reminders of, you know, just waiting and reminders of like, not, not I heard don't waste your life first from, from my granny, not from Craig. <laughs> you, man, you've had some strong women in your life. Yeah. Like your mom and your, your grandmother, like that, I mean, both of them have given you some, some strong teachings and have really keep, kept you rooted in, yeah. especially as being a woman. Um, we've, we've talked about this a bunch of times, just about how that's been a good thing. But then like, where, where has that left you where, when it comes to the male figure growing up, um, in the absence <laughs> of it, um, and then you dealing with it now that you've, you know, transitioned into marriage and stuff. 
Yeah, I'm so, can I just say that I'm so grateful for the men who are, who are involved and engaged in the lives of their children and their sons and uh, with their sons and their daughters. I mean, I even watch your family and I'm just like the, the, the lighting up in the face, you know, the validation that comes first from a dad, there's nothing that can compare to mm. that. And I see that with my daughter. She's only one year old. Like the way that she blushes when Matt says, hey, baby, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I can't really do it like him. Cause <laughs> Cause I'm from Cerrito, he got off. that Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the way that she lights up, like, I, I just want to just, I think that they, the ones who are present don't really get a lot of credit. So I just want to take a moment to say, I'm so grateful for those men who are, who are strongly engaged in the lives of their families and their children. Um, I, the absence um, has made, and at times still makes life difficult at times because you don't necessarily really know how, how to trust. You have to learn how to trust. It's like a, a as you go. Um, I was praying one day, even, even in regards to my husband, and I was like, Lord, can you just, I need, like, can you just, like, you know, sit, sit, let the archangel sit, sit on the edge of my bed and give me this confirmation. I don't, I don't, and the Lord showed me, like, I had this, like, this, I don't want to call it a vision, but I just had a thought of, a, 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 like, a, a frog jumping from lily pad to lily pad, but the lily pad wouldn't appear, the next one wouldn't appear until it jumped. And... I was just like, man, so I got to take these leaps. He's like, yeah, take the leaps, but know that, that I'm not going to let you fall. Mm. I'm not going to let you fall. And so when it came to the, it wasn't just the absence. It was also that certain men that were around, um, like, lost trust, whether that was men who were in leadership or um, men who promised to serve as a figure but were inconsistent or dealing with um, sexual abuse and, and thinking that, hey, like, you know, in order for me to, you know, have all the fun that they're having, I have to just do this in exchange. So that develops a mindset of I, love is not free. Whatever, whatever is given to me, somebody's expecting something from mm. me. Which, and that's, that's what it made it so. I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm not, uh-uh. I, I've, I, it took me a long time to feel free, to be free free in my mind but the sad thing is i really wasn't free i was i was i had only thing that happened was the handcuff handcuffs were taken off but i was still inside the jail cell but i didn't really know so i'm thinking i'm free but i'm not really free and um that's that's really that's really hard to to grapple with even still you know i was looking at my daughter and my, and my husband engaged and i was like wow it really feels great that that I get to watch her experience something that I did not get and that she has this safety and this surety that she doesn't necessarily have. Like there's, there's this insecurity that comes from um, to growing up in a home without that, that person to kind of give you that, that look from across the room, like that you got this across the room, you know? Um, and so I think that the hard part about spilling over into marriage was even though I felt like I had gotten to this point where I trusted him, all marriage did was expose how much I really did not <laughs> at all. You know, it's just like, what happened to marriage counseling? <laughs> you know, I said all those things, but, you know, it exposed so much. It exposed selfishness, it exposed a lack of trust mainly. And that was the huge part of it. It's just like, I just, I got to keep myself safe. And I operated in that for a long time. And so, you know, over all those years, it just didn't just fall apart and just, you know, go away because, 
you know, he has a nice, you know, nice arms and nice abs. Like, it doesn't fall away. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, um, you cute. <laughs> but stay over there. But stay on the <laughs> other side. <laughs> but stay over there, you know. So it's been, it's definitely been hard. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the patience of, of my husband because uh, I think there's a lot of steps we've taken marriage-wise where it's just like he knew that's like, okay, I'm going to have to allow us to take this dip, uh, not this fall, but this dip, for her to see that this was not a good decision for us so that she will see that the decision I was trying to make was for us and it wasn't from a selfish place. Because my thing was like, oh, no, 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 you want me to stay at home. No, nah, no, nah, you want me in the kitchen. No, nah, no, nah, you just want me to have your kids. You don't want me, no, nah, you don't want me to be on the road. I know what this is. You know what I'm saying? I told you, I asked you, were you okay with being a stay-at-home dad from Jump Street? Like, you know, all these craziness. But that's not really what he wanted. He wanted to make sure that we were good before I, and that I trusted the God that I said I trusted mm. while I was going out and telling people to trust God. That is so good because <laughs> I think that, you know, when we, when we talk to young couples, you know, who are getting married, we're constantly asking them, you know, have you guys talked about your expectations going into this marriage? Mm. Because sometimes, you know, we get married with, with expectations and sometimes we don't communicate them. Or we do communicate them and then when you step into the marriage, you don't fulfill them or you don't, you, you know, when you begin to realize, hold up, this thing isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm, I'm not really feeling this thing anymore. And, it, mm-hmm. and we're quick to bail out instead of what you said, you know, how when you get married, it really exposes a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. It exposes both parts. It exposes the positive aspects of a person, but it right. also exposes the negative um, and those trust issues, I think, you know, with, well, I guess it's both, but, you know, from a woman's perspective, same dealing with, you know, coming from sexual abuse, you think that you're free from something and then you go into a marriage thinking that, okay, I can be safe with this person. And then there's triggers that happen that remind you that, oh, wait, I don't trust you. Why don't I trust mm-hmm. you? And now you're having mm-hmm. to go back and process these things And I know for me in my marriage early on, it was tough because I was like, man, I've just brought this guy into this world that he was not prepared to come into. And I remember feeling guilty about it. (laughs) I'm cute, though, but I got this chaos. And I remember feeling guilty because I remember feeling like, man, this guy never asked for this. But then part of me was like, but hold up. I did tell him. Right. Like, you know, these things. But. It's so important to. I tell my husband all the time. I told you I was. Cra- I told you from Jump Street. Don't talk to me. I am crazy. He's like, yeah, but I know you was for real. I said, Who, who's for real when they say that? I said, apparently I am. Like, <laughs> I told you, don't do this. I told you not to do this. I told you not to do it. Now, don't blame me because I'm. I'm tripping. Exactly. I know, right? Like I told you, I was Puerto Rican. Yo, don't mess with me. Exactly. But man, I think that's such a that's a huge thing, you know. Um, and you guys have been married four years, right? Yeah, it'll be four years in September. Okay, so I remember, <laughs> I remember before you got married, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember before you got married, or you were, you were like close to getting married, I remember you called me, and you were tripping. Yeah. You were like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were like, this dude's about to invade my space. <laughs> yeah. 
And I remember you were tripping like it, it hit you that, wait a second, I got to share my space with this guy. And I think you guys were beefing about a closet or something about like you were tripping at the fact like, wait, I got to move my stuff out of my closet to make room for him. And right. <laughs> and I remember. Right. That I was I was I was like. That was, I, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, you were you were tripping, and I thought it was funny because, um, well, one, you're you you got married older, and so you were already set in your ways, um, but you right. you were um you were even wise with that stuff because you you knew who you could trust with certain conversations, and you were good at seeking right. counsel with stuff, um, and then I remember after you got married. He was like, yo, I'm struggling with this whole submission thing, sis. Like, Yeah, yeah, that that was, I told you, I was like, this, I don't know about this S word. <laughs> and I bought you that book. Like I remember I language. told you about this book. I was like, there's a book I'm going to buy book is you. life altering. Yeah, love and respect. <laughs> and I remember I brought it to you because my, my pastor's wife gave me that book um, in a season where my husband and I needed it. And I read it and it shifted a whole our whole perspective on stuff between the both of us. Both of us. So from then till now, like, what has been some of the the highs and lows with you guys? Oh man. Um, well, I'll start. I'll start with the lows, and I think I'll, I'll end on highs. Um, I think some of the lows have actually been, you know, right out the gate when we first got married, I lost like six people in my family that year, um, and one of those people being my grandmother, and. Um, and I, and I lost my grandmother while I was uh, on, on this whole in, in Africa in a different country, um, and it, it was a, it's a tough time. And he hadn't um, experienced a loss of someone that close before, and so just not really knowing how to engage and deal with uh, grief was hard. And so uh, to, to not, I, I felt like I wanted this specific type of support that I wasn't getting. It was kind of like. You know, I'd wake up and he'd be like, what's wrong? I was like, well, the same thing that was wrong yesterday. He's like, oh, your grandmother? I was like, yeah. And he was like, but she would be God, though. Like, she in a bit. I'm like, yeah, I get that. I'm sure of that. But I am hurting. You know, that was one of the closest people people to me. And so um, by having, you know, those hiccups and and those specific issues um, with six family members dying in a year, multiple people from cancer and different things, and then, you know, also experiencing uh, a, a miscarriage. Um, and I think the main thing was just not knowing how to engage with one another. So he was like, I have this responsibility to lead. So I, I don't want to, you know, you know, to not be obedient and to God when it comes to my leadership. So I feel like I'm going to do it this specific way. And she's just going to have to fall in line with certain things. And I was just bucking against that completely and totally. Um, and, and it was so funny because recently the other day he was like, man, like I, I was so terrible. Like I, I would never do a lot of the things the way I did them. He's like, we would have these meetings every week where it's like, we got to sit down talk about what we, what we don't like, what happened this week. And, you know, just kind of do this whole rip to shreds and make sure that we go through all these scriptures. And it's just like, it was just this, this heaviness to, you know, us getting it right instead of walking in the freedom of Christ and believing him to be the one who was going to really just refine us in this marriage. Um, so I think, like you said, it goes back to the expectations of not getting uh, what we specifically thought that we wanted. I think another huge low for us was the expectation when it came to intimacy. And I, you know, I, I've always had a problem uh, with this and I used to get all kind of fouls all the time when I played ball from this. It's just talking, just talking, 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 all this trash. Like, 
like I think beforehand I was like I just you know I'm I'm an older woman now I hope that you're able to handle this situation because you're kind of a young boy uh it's kind of the talk I would talk you know what I'm saying like I hope when we get married it ain't gonna be no problems and he was like oh but when we get married it ain't gonna be no problems and you know again one of those triggers happened and so the, <laughs> He had this expectation, like, this is about to be great. I'm about to, you know, it's about to be a very consistent and regular. Um, we both entered the marriage not having slept with one another. So it was like, okay, this is going to be wonderful. And it wasn't wonderful. And, and and it continued to not be wonderful. And then we hit this this wall where it was like, I was trying to pretend like I was okay because I didn't want him to I was struggling bad by myself. I was crying afterwards by myself. I, I was trying to get away and I was just like, you know, I would go like weeks and I was like, oh, maybe he's not saying anything. So maybe he's not interested and this is cool. And, and you know, he was like, one day he's like, I just feel like we're operating like homies. Like, this is not, this is, this is not it. And I'm just, this is, this is not what's going down. And so really low, low, because I was now faced with, with my past and having to deal with it as opposed to just kind of like, oh yeah, that's there. I'm gonna just keep going. Oh yeah, that's there. Oh yeah, I'm bleeding. I'm just gonna keep going. Oh yeah, I'm like really, really wounded, but I'm gonna just keep going. Now I actually had to like surrender to like laying on the table and be like, okay, I think, I think it's time to operate. Um, so I, I say that as lows, but I also ho hold that as a high because I feel like we're in a place where we just understand each other a lot better. The arguments aren't like it used. The people say the first year of marriage was bad. It was like the first two and a half. The third year of marriage, I was like. I think I like you. Wow. <laughs> you know, cause the first two years, it was rough. It was like, well, I guess we cohabitating because we did make this commitment to God and we, and you ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. So this is, what is this going to be? You know? Um, and like the word really, really, and even still is now like just, he's, he's, and we just recently had a conversation just recently, like recent, recent, you know, it, it, I'm just like, Hey, like, you know, I'm just, uh, this is what I need from you. And this is what I'm not getting. And it's hard for me to watch you pour your energy into PIA. And it's hard for me to watch your energy. Like you're tired and you talk to young women on the phone and you're exhausted. And I watch you exert this energy. But then when it comes to me, you don't have anything left. And I'm just like, you know, I have something left. I just don't have what you want left. <laughs> so, you know, like, geez, man. Um, you know, what about the food? I just cooked. You like the food? The food wasn't good enough? <laughs> you know? Um, so, I say that as a high because at least we're communicating what the issues are as opposed to assuming that the person should just know. Like we've learning, we're learning that we have to talk. When people say marriage is work, yo, it's 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 not work. It's it's Rihanna. You know what I'm saying? It's right, 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 right. It is work, yo. It is work. And so I think the hard part for me is staying consistent and being committed to the work. And also seeing, um, seeing it the way that God sees it as the major priority above all and understanding that I am not giving God more glory on the stage because three to 5,000 people are applauding if I am not being who I need to be as a wife and a mother and the manager of my home. Mm, so, come on. So it doesn't matter, even though it feels separate and it feels like you're doing good because you're getting this response and people are, but if my husband ain't happy, then there's a really, really, really huge problem. And there's a point where he's like, I think we need to stop both of us, everything. And it's just like, no, you, you stop. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Clearly. It's like, no, I think we need to stop. We need to stop and make sure we're engaged with one another. 
And it's just like, man, I don't like hearing about stuff like that. Because again, like you said, I got married late. I don't, nobody, you can suggest, you can suggest all you want. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but even learning in that, learning that I can trust him. He, he's allowed us to get some bumps and bruises. Even the house we in now, we in this house, because I wanted to be in this house. He knew from Jump Street, this ain't a good financial decision. Well, I don't want to be in this area anymore. Can we move? And now look, now we move into the South because we is just too much money. So yeah, man, that, those are our lows and highs. And I've learned to see the lows as highs because our lows now have been productive for the future. So it's like, yeah, that was a low, but we learned from that one. So we ain't got we ain't got to cross that one again. We can scratch that one off the list. And it's so true because those lows later on in your marriage will definitely be a high and you'll be able to look at it and be like, wow, if we didn't go through that, we wouldn't be where we're at today and be able to speak about that with such a freedom. Yeah. Like, I didn't know he was gonna, like, even with music, I, I asked him recently on my birthday, I said, hey, what are some things that you thought were good this year that I've done? And what are some things that you would like to see from me going forward? And he said, honestly, the highest high of me He's like, and it's probably since I've known you was getting the chance to go to the studio with you and watch you do your music. He said, because you focused in in such a great way. He's like, and I believe that you have something extremely special, but you got to trust me also. But to find out, I, I never even knew he was probably. I mean, I was like, I just thought like, you know, you're just trying to be a supportive husband. But to have that support was like everything to me. I, just, I felt like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, so... I'm Storm, <laughs> I'm the X-Men, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just, to, that was a reminder to me that his, his word and what he thinks and, and my love for him and his love for me really, really matters to me. That's dope. And so now that you're moving to Atlanta. Yeah, that's you crazy. You headed to Atlanta. Oh, snap. She coming to the East Coast. Uh, you're going to be able to definitely have access to studios and amazing oh, songwriters, musicians. So are you looking forward to this new season of actually focusing on music? Because your, your husband ready. He's like, you need to get in the yeah, studio, start working, make this music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, are you, what are you looking yeah. forward to, you know, heading to Atlanta and in that season of uh, starting to work on music? Um. I am looking forward to, um, of course, um, just the relationships uh, that I have there. I'm looking forward to what the Lord has for us. I don't necessarily really know where he's going to plant us uh, as far as church is concerned, but I I'm looking forward to us not, not being in leadership and just being able to sit under good sound teaching. I'm looking forward to the focus that we're going to have on one another because I think that we both uh, because of who we have been to people and, and where we've been in church and stuff like that, we've been pulled in so many different directions. Um, so we're going to be, I think we're going to be able to have a focus on one another that we haven't really probably ever really had. I came in like, Hey, this is, this is me and my best friend and the girl I'm mentoring and my goddaughter and my this and my that. So now it's just like, Hey, like this is going to be a time to focus on us and Amaris, which is going to be really cool. Um, the music side is, is great. Um, because again, like, the people who I create with are closer in that area. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to just being able to him not having to work like so many hours in order for us to, you know, to, to make the mark <laughs> every single month because that allows him to be home and we'll be able to engage more. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of things and I'm looking forward to just slowing down. Uh, LA is very, very fast paced. It makes it difficult to really have 
real solid, thick relationships. It's just like, it's very rare. It's just like, come over, let's just sit down. Let's just talk. It's just like, uh, come over, sit down and talk with me while I drive to this spot and go do this and come with me on my errands. It's not, it's not, it's not I, like I just have a lot of time. <laughs> so, and then also to just being able to kind of really get ready to be in a position to, to be what scripture calls us to be, which is, you know, just being ready as our parents get older. Um, just being able to be ready, you know, if, whatever the case may be. The hugest, one of the hugest things I'm looking forward to is just the community. And my husband wants to open an all boys school while we're out there. So that's his, his, his large goal, um, mm. just his, his, to pour into, to the men in the inner city. Um, and he just, he has some just really dope concepts, you know, just having to have a certain GPA in order to flex, you know, your style, you could dye your hair, you do whatever you want. You can lock it up, but you gotta be, you gotta operate in this, this, these guidelines in order to do so. Otherwise you're going to be walking in the preppy prep stuff. So just really, really cool, cool things, um, that the Lord has placed on our heart. So I'm looking forward to the transition, but I, I am, I have to say, I'm super, super sad about leaving LA cause my family's here and I've always lived in LA. I haven't lived anywhere else. Um, so it's definitely going to be, I think, partially a culture shock. <laughs> and um, but I'm I'm ready for it. I love Atlanta um, every time that I visit it. So I'm super excited to get ready to call it home. But I mean, my best friend who has been my friend for 20 years is here. My kids, my students are here. Um, so it's it's been it's been tough. Y'all about to experience a whole new world in Atlanta. <laughs> right. I'm I have excited never experienced you, seasons, so I'm like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm ex I'm excited for you because it's gonna be a whole new one. Is I definitely think it's gonna be culture shock. Two, you're gonna be able to experience seasons. That's gonna be so dope for your daughter, for her right. to experience. You know this these these. But I'm gonna call you up like, where... yo, I'm, I'm cold for real. Because <laughs> when it's You'll be all right. here, I'm cold. <laughs> That's going to be so Man. dope for your daughter. She's, uh, you know, you're going to be raising her up so different than how you were brought up. And so Amaris, right? Yeah. She's one. She's, she's yeah, already, one. She's one. Uh, isn't she like a year and a half or something? Well, a cute little self. She's a year and almost two months. Yeah. A year and Don't almost do two the, months. Are you one of those moms that does the mumps? Like she's 28 and a half, 20, 28. Oh, no. Months? I don't think so. That always, that always irked me. <laughs> so people ask me to say, yes, yeah, she's a year. <laughs> Yo, they, that drives me nuts when I ask them, like, oh, how old is your daughter? Oh, she's 37 months. Huh? Yeah, so now I got to like, divide. And I was like, now I got to carry the one. Forget it. I don't want to know no more. Now I got to sit here and do math just to find out your daughter's three no. years old. <laughs> so how how has motherhood changed you? Ooh. <laughs> motherhood has made me soft, yo. I, <laughs> yo, I cry. I cry. Like, tears come out of my eyes. Me. I'm, oh man, like it's just, it's, it's, it's softened me. Um, I, I think it, for one, it, it, it took my faith to a whole different level. Just the process I went through with her being a preemie and, you know, going into labor early and being hospitalized mm. at different times because of pregnancy, it increased my faith on a whole, whole, whole nother level. Um, it also um, has uh, kind of like really made me consistently check myself because I watch how she already emulates things that I do. So somebody, I, I wouldn't say like, I, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that person pissed me off. And I, I wouldn't say that anymore. Like, there's like, why are you so so say? I was like, yeah, I just, I just, it's just not the way I would want her to speak. It's just not the example I want to set. And so it's challenging me and it's just challenging me as a believer, not on things that are sinful, but on things that are looked at 
as, is this wise? Is this a wise decision for me to make? Because again, like the goal is not supposed to be, you know, let me just, you know, stay, you know, a little bit away from sin and just kind of just do whatever else I can kind of get away with and say, I'm not sinning. No, the goal is to be striving for holiness and pursuing holiness. The goal is to stay as far away from sin as possible. The goal is, hey, can somebody else, you know, walk out the life that I'm living and still see Jesus? Um, and so I think that that's what it challenges me on a consistent basis. There's this responsibility and there's this, there's this new, this new love for God because there, I was one day I was like, she was trying to walk and I was like, well, babe, no. And I said to her, I was like, she almost fell. I said, I got you. I said, I always got you. And I was like, Lord, like, is that how you feel about me, yo? Like my mm. body looks like trembling. Like, I'm like, Lord, you always got me. You're not going to let me fall. <laughs> And I was like, if this is a small inkling of how you feel about me, you love me. And in response, I got to do my best to obey you. In the response, I got to do my best to glorify you with my life. And I have to because that's the only that's the only way I can show you my love and my, and my gratitude to you is to, to walk in the ways that you would have me to walk. And so it's just like now it ain't about just like sinning. It's about like, man, is this wise? Like, would I want another young lady doing this? Like, is, is this going gonna, is gonna, is to is gonna be beneficial? For, for myself or for those around me, you know, it's just like, it's changed up a lot for me. It's changed up a lot for me. It's also been hard because it's like, you still got to balance to be a mom and a wife. So it's like, my husband's like, yeah, so how long is she going to be sleeping with us in a bit? <laughs> like, or yeah, so, you know, so it's, 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 it's a juggling act that I'm learning. I, I've learned, like, I never knew how strong I was until I became a mom. I'm being dead serious. And I say that in all humility, but I didn't know I could operate on that minimal amount of hours of sleep. I didn't know I could push myself within having that high level of pain. I didn't know that I could, you know what I'm saying? Oh, there's so many things I didn't know I could do just because I'm motivated by this love of this human being that came from my body, you know? So I've been, I'm forever changed by her. And it's so crazy how when you have kids, your whole perspective changes because yeah, first you're living for yourself, then you get married and mm -hmm. it's like, okay, now what? Uh, the choices I make are for me and him. And then you have a child and you're like, yeah. dang, <laughs> yeah, we don't matter. <laughs> like exactly. everything we do has to, not that, that, not that we don't matter, but you know, adding a child, it just, it, it changes the perspective again, because like you said, it, it, it's a reflection of God's love for us. Right. Right. For two, right. I think for me, I, I was able to appreciate without a shadow of a doubt my parents, you know. Mm, oh, yeah. Um, I call my mom like 20 times like, how did you do this listen, three times? You know how many times I've called my mother apologizing? <laughs> Man. Like, mom, yo, I remember that day you told me, bum, 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 like, I am so sorry. And she laughs all the time. Yeah. She's like, that's okay, sweetheart. You got plenty more yeah. where those are coming from. Wait till she, your daughter turns yeah. 16. But oh I'm, no, oh no, don't say it. <laughs> but you know, you grow you grow appreciation for your parents because it, it helps you to understand um how much God loves us, how much your parents yeah. love you. Like it, it make it starts to make sense, like, oh, this is why my mother used to say this. And exactly. then like you said, it it begins to show you like your capacity. And it's like, okay, how I used to speak or the choices I used to make, like is this really going to be beneficial to these kids? It's not, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And just now I'm accountable for this young person. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it, 
everything I do has got to make sure that it lines up with who God has called me to be in order for their purpose to be fulfilled. And I think it's crazy. Right. People used to always tell me, you want to know how you talk? Or you want to know how you act? Look at your child. They're mirrors of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so now my daughter sometimes says some stuff that has me dying. And I'm like, yo. Because <laughs> you know it's you. <laughs> you sound. She can't even get a spanking because you know it's <laughs> you. You sound just like me. It's horrible. So now my yeah. daughter's eight, right? She's going through this phase. Her, <laughs> her and my husband have this thing. They're at it all the time. <laughs> it's this new phase that they're going through and it's the funniest thing because my husband goes to her level and i'm like yo what are you doing like (laughs) he's like yo she be trying me dog i'm like she's eight like (laughs) see now we need a youtube channel (laughs) yo i mean die i'm like and i tell him i'm like yo i'm gonna set up cameras around this house so, so you can watch yourself. The replay. But it's funny because um, him and I had a conversation the other day and he was like, yo, he was like, Zoe be trying me. He was like, but it's, it's actually helping me to grow in my patience. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, it's helping me grow in my patience and I'm, I'm having to check myself in the way I talk to her. Mm-hmm. He says, because sometimes I find myself talking to her the way I used to talk to my sister. But the way I used to talk to my sister, I used to speak to her strong because I didn't have a father in the house. So I had to take on, you know, this more mature role in the home, even though his sister was older. So now he finds himself talking to his daughter like that. And so, um, he said, he's, you know, he was just sharing with me the other day. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm learning how how to be patient with her and I'm learning that I got to speak to her differently because if I continue to speak to her this way, she's going to get older. She's going to think that this is how a man speaks to her. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy how that happens, you know? Um, And even with my son, like my son, when they say mama's boy, holy man, that is my dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like that little boy is so, he is so affectionate and I go to pick him up and he's always telling me how beautiful I am and how much he loves me. And, and it's funny because I'm always, hugging him and kissing him and and being affectionate with him and i'm always telling him like you know make sure you're being a gentleman we taught him how to open up the door for his sister and so you see him opening the doors for the girls at school and it's it's just such a it's such a cute thing but it's like man like we are we've been given this responsibility to really raise these kids into to who god has called them to be Right. right and Girl, yeah, wait till when you start seeing Amaris and Matt, they're already going to have their relationship. But wait till she starts talking and you start hearing them together having their combos. You're going to be dying. And he's going to she's going to have him. Play yeah, I'm, I don't know. And <laughs> exactly. And, you know, he's going to be all into it just because that's who he is. Yeah. He, you're going to be like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> but exactly. it's so it's so dope. I, you know, a couple years ago, um, there was a concert in Miami and we had a few, um, there was quite a few uh, artists that were there. And I remember after afterwards, we all went out, right? And uh, man, there had yeah. to be at least 30 people there, right? And yeah. there was probably about three females there and the rest of them were men. And I remember I was sitting there and um, actually, I think the next day or the day after was Father's Day. And I remember sitting at the table and I was just looking at all these, um, these artists 
And I asked them, I was like, yo, how many of you guys here are fathers? And, you know, most of them raised mm-hmm. their hands. And I was like, how many of y'all grew up without fathers? And most of them raised their hands, if not all of them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like you guys are changing a generation. Like you guys are all present fathers, you know? And that mm-hmm. for me was so inspiring, especially as Christian men. That for mm-hmm. me, that that was so awesome. And I remember, I remember Fizzle being there and I remember telling him like, you know, it's so inspiring that you are so present in your kid's life and that, you know, mm-hmm. he's so present in his community and, and, and mentoring these young men. It's, it's something about, you know, these men, this, this generation of men being there for their kids. And, um, I love to watch yeah. it. Like I love watching my husband with, with my kids and, mm-hmm. um, just seeing him, you know, like today I'm, I'm out of town. Right. So, he texted me and he was like, hey, I'm surprising the kids. I'm taking them to the movies. And I'm like, they've been asking us to take them to the movies for the past week. And we've just been so busy, haven't been able to do it. So my husband tonight, he actually has something to do. So he actually canceled what he needed to do in order to take the kids to the wow. movies. Wow. And for me, that means the world. Because as a mom, yeah. being on the road, right? That's tough sometimes because yep. you feel like, dang, man, like my kids, you know, do they know that I love them? <laughs> right, like, right. You know, it's not that I don't want to be there for them. I just got to work. But, yeah. you know, to know that you've got a husband at home that's willing to, it's not even like step up to the plate. Like he's there. This is definitely a partnership. This is a team. And the same thing with yeah. you guys and like how you're getting ready to hit the road. Um, and take a Morris with you, like, and that Matt is coming yeah. with you, like, that is huge. Yeah. Like, what, what, yeah. as far as that goes, like, how, how was that combo with you and Matt and saying, hey, this is what we want to do. Um, this, cause you guys are going to be super busy on the road for, for the tour. Um, what was that combo yeah. like saying, hey, let's take our family on the road. This is how we're going to process this and making sure that a Morris is good. Yeah. I think a huge part of that was, um, Amaris is like she is at her happiest when she has both of us in the room, and she's like vying for both of both of our attention. And it's like, oh, I got both of them. Um, and one thing that's always been really important to us is not dividing um, ourselves if we don't have to. So when it comes to when it because when it comes to me being on the road, like when I'm on the road before even Amaris came. It just small stuff would have us popping off and disagreements and stuff, but it's because we're not really engaging that much, you know, throughout the week. And now I'm trying to stuff, you know, this quality time in where you're not, where he's not working when I come home, but then I'm getting ready to go back on the road. And we've just found that uh, we would prefer to be together if there's a way to do that. Mm. Um, And so because of who we believe God has called us to be in the significance we just was like, this is where it's got to be. If people can't afford to for everybody to come, then it just wasn't meant for me to go. I know that I'm that mom that wants to, wants to be present with my daughter, but my husband is also that dad that wants to be present with his daughter. So for me to just, even if it was just like, oh, I'm going to just take a march. I mean, I'm like, nah. <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> so both of y'all going to leave me? Absolutely not. Um, and then at the same time, I don't want to be away from them. And then where we are in our marriage, I, we just didn't think it's wise for us to kind of just like, be away from each other for those long periods of time it yeah. just didn't seem wise at all um and so it was just like hey like can we can we do this is it possible for us to do this and we just made an agreement like hey like even if it's me doing regular events like 
if we can't go, then we can't go. Amaris is feels safest with her dad. If I'm on stage, I'm not. That's who she feels safe with. So that's what it's going to be. Um, and again, like I said, like it's a priority for me. And I know there will be times when I, I'll have to, like even this this week, I'm going to be leaving, you know, to go do this live taping. And it's it's hard for me to leave. But at the same time, you know, she'll be here with her dad. I think it's just really, really important. And I think that we should be fighting for it. If, if we can do it, then we should be fighting for it. I know a lot of times people like, it's like, it's so funny. It's like the budget allows for so many different things, but when it comes to, you know, the budget will allow for an assistant and the budget will allow for, you know, a base player. <laughs> yeah, but it's but not allowing for, the, for the budget. <laughs> right, but I don't even have any that's like, oh, my husband and my daughter comes like, oh, wait, you what? And it's like, yeah, no, nah. like it's a package deal. Mm -hmm. If I really believe me and my husband are one, then that's what it is. And if he's able to do it, you know, then it's fine. I just think that it just, it kind of just nips all that in the bud. And we stay, we stay close, we stay consistent, um, and we get to experience things together, as opposed to me just saying like, oh, you should have been here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm tired, I'm telling him a half story because I'm too tired to talk about it. But, and then just having his support, it just, it feels so much better. You know, there's just things I don't think about when I'm on the road. Um, and I, and I, to be honest with you, I, I can get selfish when I'm on the road. And when I, I feel like it's like, oh, now I'm detached. And I become a little bit too detached sometimes when I'm on the road. Just yeah. like, yep. I could take this time to talk to him right now, but uh, I don't, I really don't want to. I just want to read this book or I just want to, I start operating almost like I'm single when I'm really not. And almost um, like you're on vacation. <laughs> right, exactly. But here's the thing. So I see Ezekiel, I, like whenever he gets an opportunity, like every single time, like we could be trying to sleep in, in, the, in, the, in the bus or whatever. And you hear, I'm like, what are you doing? So I talk to my wife. Like, you just talk to her. I'm talking to my wife. Like, as soon as we, you know, land somewhere, as soon as we, and he's like consistently talking to his wife. Like, he, when he gets right off the stage, he wants to go talk to his wife. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I want to go lay down and be quiet. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I want to see if they got a jacuzzi in this hotel. I want to, it's important for him to feel significant and valued in the marriage. And I feel like it's important for myself to feel that way as well. And we just happen to feel that way um, um, together. It's just, it, it leaves a lot of room for stuff to happen that doesn't really have to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you said something so key too, like this is in this season of where you guys are at, like this, your marriage has to be a priority. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes we, we kind of, um, you know, when, especially when we're, you know, with the type of stuff that we do, we don't have a normal nine to five. Right. Um, mm -mm. especially as women, sometimes we will limit uh, what, what we can do because, um, or not even us, like sometimes people will try to put a limitation on us of what we can or can't do because we have kids mm -hmm. or we're married or, but you know, you said something so key, like this is priority and you got to fight for it. And so if you've got a budget yeah. for this other stuff, then you, you're going to need a budget for me and my daughter and my yeah. husband. And if this is important to show, um, what a healthy family looks like, you know, what it looks right. like. A healthy marriage, healthy parents, what a, a thriving ministry looks like for you guys. This is what works. And I think as, you know, as Christians, we should be more supporting this type of stuff than instead of looking yeah. at women and saying, ah, well, uh, you got kids. I don't know if we're going to have you on. And you're like, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I like for people to see us unified. I like for people to that, see him. I've had that done her. to me several times. And it's like, man, why, why wouldn't this be, uh, a priority, especially when, if we're trying to, you know, promote healthy, healthy families. How, how many cities are you guys going to be hitting with this tour? Yo, this, this is the biggest one we've done. We're doing 36 cities. 
And are they all here in the U.S. or are you guys taking it worldwide? Yeah. So first we do the U.S. US tour in Canada. Um, and then, you know, at the t- tours like the beginning of the year, well, February, March, April, we usually do this version of the tour uh, from the world perspective, uh, Africa, London, islands, and wherever else. <laughs> Yo, y'all big time though. Y'all, Man, y'all we're just thankful that, that people are still showing up. What's up? Y'all, y'all got listen. a budget for me to carry your bags? I could be a Morris. Get out of here. Listen, when you and um, Matt get out of date here. night, I got you. <laughs> listen, I'm trying to get out of this self-funded tour. Like, man, it's like trying to, I need to get out of this self-funding situation. But we're super, super grateful that people are still coming out, like, you know, um, and they, they actually still want to hear what, what, what we're doing. So that's, that's something to be very, very grateful for. I think it's dope, man. It's such a powerful movement. Um, you know, I've had some, uh, some of our young adults go, and um, I feel like it's our new generation of sermons. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think I've gone to one yet that I haven't walked away feeling challenged about my walk. Mm. Like, man, I need to be better in this area or man, I'm so glad they were honest about this because I've struggled with that as well. And I think what you guys are doing is so, so relevant for the culture. And I just applaud you guys, man. Like, I really do. I applaud what you guys are doing. I love that you are um, you take it with such a responsibility. You take it so serious. And it's just, you know, it's so inspiring, you know, especially for these young ladies to see you do it and. You know, I know Jackie's not on this one, but just to see you and Jackie and you guys are are paving the way for something, you know, these other younger um, poets that are coming up. And um, and I think it's you guys have set a bar so high, not just with the the production value, but with content. Right. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it is lifestyle. Like, is your lifestyle Mm -hmm. really emulating the words that you're speaking? And I think that is one of the key pieces to what we do as Christians when we step foot on a stage is that that's my life really yeah like is my life reflecting the words that I'm speaking to you if not then I need to 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 get it together (laughs) I need to get it together no seriously like that's that's huge to me get my life (laughs) and that's why people always say like when people say like let's collab or let's do this it's not that I that I think I'm better or that I, I don't think that the person is talented is that I believe that when I when when I attach my name with somebody else's name, I'm saying that I co-sign for them, I co-sign for their their Instagram page, I co-sign for how they speak, I co-sign. I feel like that's a co-sign for me, um, and so like I I'm very I'm so grateful to be on tour and to know these people, you know, to know you know Ezekiel intimately, to to see what it's been like and watch Joe grow in all kind of crazy ways, mm-hmm. and to see what it's like to live. You know, and be around Chris Webb, like, and, and to be around just, just to be around Preston and, and and watch him fight through some of the hardest struggles he's fought this year, like, and to see how he responds and to to balance fatherhood and, and watch these guys balance, um, just being good husbands to their wives and and good providers and and pouring into it's so crazy to watch, even to watch Joe just like you know have to swerve and like be mindful like of how to do that and to really stay engaged. I love when I work on the bus and I just see one of them just randomly open up scripture and they just do like just going in in their own or, you know, watching Chris be in the corner, just, you know, having a session or Ezekiel, he prays like a maniac, but he's Nigerian. So it's he's like, Nigerian. He like he's fighting in the somebody. name of Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looks like he's fighting a demon in the air, but he's really just praying. 
that's that's why I can I can attach my name to. Mm-hmm. I've been able to walk with them. I've been able to grow with them. These are genuinely people I know. Genuinely people who are really my for real friends, not just you know somebody I don't know. So that's yeah. why. You know, I, I love it. Uh, I'm so proud of of what you guys are doing. I'm proud of what you guys have been able to accomplish. Yeah, I can't wait um, for you to see it because I'm telling you, like I'll be there. I think you I'm guys are coming to Miami you. October. I'm telling you, like it's it's not even for just for me, but I do. I will say I have pushed myself to an extent I've never gone to before when it comes to presentation. Mm. But when it comes to just the like I said, the intimacy of how to know to know Joe personally and watch him struggle with depression and then to be so vulnerable to do a piece about it. Mm. It's crazy to me, you know, um, and and yeah, man. There's so many. I don't want to give everything away, but yeah, I, I'm so proud of them. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely be there. I believe you guys are coming to Miami in October, so you know I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna have banners yeah. and all that. No, <laughs> but I'll make sure. Banners. You Just know, bring the squad that you normally bring. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, we'll definitely be there, man. But I am so proud of you, Jenna. I love you with everything I have, girl. Man, oh. listen, you already know you, the, the, you. I was like, man, like she's really a real one. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, it's like you meet a lot of people, but it, it's like, ah, uh, the it, again, the passions and the and the goals and desires are the same. So it's it's been a pleasure to, to watch you, even from going from like, it's like it's crazy because it's like you you have these experiences, but you never know how your life is gonna cross paths with people. And I remember being like. When I first came to P4 early, and they were like, they can never take. I was like, who is this, yo? Who is this? <laughs> like, who's who's speaking like this? Whose voice is this? And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, this is. I was like, oh, they're dope. But then I was like, someone was like, oh, yeah, Butter P is here. And I was like, is she really? <laughs> like, she's really here? Um, so I was like, that was to, to be able to be in a place where you you've been a fan of the art of someone and then to actually find out that they're genuine, it's just such a blessing. Mm. Like, you and your husband, man, like it's such a blessing to see the genuineness and then to see those beautiful faces of those those kids. And your daughter, the way she smiles and back teeth, she gets me every time. I'm replaying your Instagram stories. Still like, Yo, she be having me <laughs> dying. That's my baby, but I love you, man. I appreciate, um, you know, I do. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate that, you know, you allow me to speak into things and you trust me enough with conversations and I appreciate you speaking into things with me and um, it's it's such an honor, you know, I, I don't um, call people friends lightly. I don't have a huge <laughs> circle of friends and there's there's very few people that I allow to speak into my life and I can definitely say you're one of them. Um, and so mm. I just want to tell you that, yeah, I, I really appreciate you. I think you're one of the the few people that I know who are doing this. Um, and you are truly, you know, you are just a good example of what it looks like to die daily and knowing that I'm not perfect, um, but I have a struggle like anybody else. But you're right. so passionate about what God has called you to do that you you're willing to accept your imperfections and still still bring him glory in it. And that for me means the world because you you and I both know there's so many people that you know, get on stages and when they get off stage or not, their lives don't reflect what, what they're talking about. So that is something I appreciate from you. Um, and I feel like every time I have a convo with you, I walk away challenged to be a better everything. Don't even do that, man. Please. I already told don't you. My daughter's cry. Go ahead, off. Doug. My daughter's made herself. Let's not do this, okay? <laughs> not going to do this anymore. 
<laughs> but I love you. I love you. I love, love you too. You. I, I love you I too. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for talking to me. Let the people know where they can follow you. Um, give them your how they can follow you and the info for the tour. Oh man, uh, for those who want to follow me, all my handles are I am genetics. Um, there's no weird way to spell it. It's spelled like the genes in your body. I am genetics. And if you want to cop six for, for the PIA, it's just the PIA tour.com. That stands for Poets in Autumn. The PIA tour.com. The tour is amazing. Do not miss it. They bring such amazing stuff to you. So, whatever city you're in, check it out. The PIA tour.com. Check it out. Genetics, I love you. Thank you. Love again. you as well. Uh, My pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Kicking it with butter. I'm going to see y'all next week. Peace. Hey, thanks for kicking it with me today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and do me a favor. If you can just rate the show, let people know what you think, that would be awesome. And be sure to follow me online at Kicking It With Butter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. All right, I'm gonna catch you guys later.